0: It is good to see you. My name is Sam Eldersveld. I'm a pastor here on SAF. I have the privilege of working with students in particular. Uh, Before we get into anything, would uh, you pray with me? Lord, we love you. Uh, We believe in your word. We believe that you have made yourself known to us and that you call for a response from us each and every day. Uh, Help me talk about your son, Jesus, uh, and help us uh, be centered and help us get rid of whatever's uh, keeping us from following you. Uh, we pray all these things in your name, amen. So it's it's really exciting for me. Um, I just wanna give a shout out to our Friends of, of Refugee ministry team. Uh, when we see uh, the love of Jesus at work and, and especially to welcome people into Uh, grand rapids that have been through a whole lot and to say we we love you uh, that's a huge deal and uh, it's encouraging to me in my faith also it's it's important i love that brother sam was pointed out i get mistaken for brother sam sometimes (laughs) and he does great work i'm flattered when i'm uh, told that i I, or people think i'm brother sam because he's way cooler than i am um but also, his, his son, him and his wife have a son. He was born about a year and a half ago. And my son was born a week later. And people congratulated me on the birth of his son. And so I was like, no, no it hasn't happened yet. So that's, that's something really special that we share together. <laughs> Today we continue the, the series entitled full assurance in which we're walking through the book of 1st John. 1st John is written by the disciple John who walked with Jesus for three years and at this time in the early church there's a split. Uh, some folks are leaving the church. They're preaching a different message than who Jesus was. They're, they're preaching something that's not uh, the truth of the gospel some are saying that Jesus didn't come in the flesh. They're saying that Jesus just showed up as a spirit because there was a belief that the physical world, the world that we live in, is full of sin and God who is sinless cannot enter into sin. And so people were believing that Jesus wasn't here in person, which of course is not uh, the truth of the gospel. And there's also, there was also a belief that pure knowledge about God is is all that matters. So you can believe in God intellectually, but yet do whatever you want in the body, which of course led to sin and hate and darkness and all of that led to death. And so with all that going on, John writes, uh, especially these three letters, 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, to the church, wondering who is Jesus and wondering does faith in Jesus lead to the the free gift of salvation and so that's the context of of why he's writing these things so the disciple john in his letters he explains he explains three different ways that christians can assess their salvation last week pastor john went through the test of obedience If you follow the commands of Jesus, if you listen to him and you see him as Lord and our obedience to his commands, that's one of the tests. Today we'll go through the test of love. How do you know that you're a true believer in Jesus? If you're a follower of Jesus, it's not like once you come to the realization that Jesus is Lord, you give your life to him. There's not angels that descend upon the world and, and give you a celebration, give you a golden ticket that says, You are saved, you have salvation. We don't have anything to to necessarily hold on to. So how do we know we have the free gift of salvation? The evidence is around us, and the evidence comes from within as well. How does a person know that after their last breath on earth they will then rise to meet Jesus face to face, and that will be a relationship that goes on into eternity? One of the tests that John lays out is the test of love. Simply put, do you love like Jesus? Let's hear from 1 John.
1: Dear friends, I am not writing you a new command, but an old one, which you have had since the beginning. This old command is the message you have heard, yet I am writing you a new command. Its truth is seen in him and in you, because the darkness is passing, and the true light is already shining. Anyone who claims to be the light, but has hate or, nah, but hates a brother or a sister, is still, is still in the darkness. Anyone who loves their brother and sister lives in the light, and there is nothing in them to make them stumble. But anyone who hates a brother or a sister is in the darkness, and walks around in the darkness. They do not know where they are going, because the darkness has blinded them Anyone who hates a brother or a sister is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life residing in him. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or a sister in need, but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with others or speech with words or speech but with actions and in truth. My command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no other than this, to lay down one's life for one's friend. This is the word of the Lord.
0: John clearly wants to get the point across that God and love go together. You cannot separate God and love. You cannot have God without love. You cannot ha- have love without God. In these 3 separate passages, love is mentioned over 10 times just in the in the first book of 1 John. How do you know you have salvation from God? Do you love like Jesus? Loving like Jesus is not possible through our own limited human efforts. And for a person even to make a claim that they can love like Jesus is a very bold claim. If you're like me, you recognize that you're, you're a, bro- a broken human. Every single day you fall short of what uh, a life of Christ looks like. If we don't stumble upon one thing on our path, we'll stumble upon the next thing. We are actually inclined to sin. We're swimming in the waters of sin and there's really nothing we can do about it apart from God. So how in the world do we as broken and sinful people love like Jesus? How is it possible for humans to have the ability to show this unconditional love, this agape type love? This doesn't just happen by chance. And it doesn't come from trying hard. It comes from God making himself known to us. God showing up first. It comes from a belief in an event in human history. It comes from a belief in what Jesus did through the cross. God and love, they go together. You can't talk about love without talking about God and vice versa. And John mentions the greatest act of love twice in the passages that we just read. So let me go through the first one. This is found uh, from 1 John 3, verses, verses 16 through 17. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. We know what love is because God came to us. He showed us what it is to have love, to be love through sending his son Jesus to die for all people. Clearly John believes that this greatest form of love, God's greatest action of love towards his people calls for a response from people what is your response to god laying down his life for you the second mention of god sending his son into this world to die for us is found in 1 john chapter 4 verses 9 through 11 and here's what this says this is how god showed his love among us he sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. That's a familiar cadence. Before, in the passage that we just read, God shows his act of love and calls for a response from us. In this same passage, God shows an act of love the ultimate form of love, sending his son Jesus to die for us and it calls for a response from us. What is your response to this passage? Loving Jesus, loving like Jesus, doesn't just happen on our own efforts and it doesn't happen without God coming to us first and showing us what love is. Belief in this act of love is essential to loving like Jesus. God came into our world, took on sin in the form of a human being, Jesus Christ. He took on our sin, went to the cross, died for us, and he rose on the third day. That is the gospel. That is the core to the Christian faith. And and loving like Jesus is something that broken human beings are able to do as a result of believing in the 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 simply greatest act of love ever recorded in human history. Only through redemption and being washed by the blood of Jesus are people like you and me able to go and love people in this world without conditions, loving unconditionally. And I also want to be clear that the gospel, for some, it it comes easier to accept. Yes, I believe that Jesus died for my sins. I'm going to give my life to Jesus. For others, it comes as a challenge. Some people like to think through it logically. And you look at the history of the events and what happened in the early church. But for all it it takes a leap of faith. You cannot get to the point of claiming that God came to us without taking that leap of faith. It doesn't just happen by logic. And I'm here to tell you that I've taken that leap of faith and on the other side of that leap of faith I have found new life. I have found a wonderful church family, not just this family but the, but the family of believers worldwide. My sins have been washed as white as snow and God has given me eternal life. I believe that. And I know there's plenty in the church that have said the same thing and are thankful for the same thing this morning. In 1 John 2, John mentions something about a new command, but he says this new command is old at the same time. So that's that's clear as mud, right? You've probably heard that phrase before. That's like telling your friend, hey, I got, I got a new car. And they ask you, okay, what, what kind of car did you get? And you say, well, it's a 2002 Honda Civic. And you might say, well, well it's new to you, but it, it's, it's old. That's, that's not a new car. <laughs> Jesus came into the world <clears throat> and fulfilled the law of Moses, the old law. Yet everything about Jesus was new. Instead of God's people loving God by being obedient to the law, words written down for for people, people followed Jesus. They saw a human being that was the son of God and said, I want to follow you. Instead of the Holy Spirit being present through the law mostly, the Holy Spirit was present in a believer's heart. And so God was with them everywhere they went, guiding them and loving them. And Jesus' blood was shed and that sealed the new covenant, declaring that anybody who believes in Jesus is forgiven of their sins and given eternal life. Jesus was all about love, and that also was not a new behavior from God. So some of us are reading through the Bible in a year, and you may know that coming up here is the book of Leviticus. And this is uh, the law that God gave to the Israelites. The old law uh, is what it's known by, the law of Moses. And God gave this law to his people after they escaped slavery. They didn't know how to live as free people in this world. So God gave them direction and a way of life. And written in the law of Moses is the command to love. Because people are inclined to think about themselves. People are inclined to sin. So love needs to be commanded by God. And here's what it says in Leviticus 19 verse 18. Do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against anyone among your people, but love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. This is the old command that John is referencing, yet he mentions it again. He explains that it's new because the one whose blood sealed the new covenant reaffirmed this message of love in his life, but also in the book of, of John, This is found in John's gospel, uh, chapter 13, verses 34 through 35. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. If we, God's church, love one another, others will know that we are followers of Jesus. So how's that going for you? How's that going uh, loving people in the church? Are you deeply connected with other believers? Are there other Christians praying for you, holding you accountable, encouraging you on a consistent basis? That is what loving people within the church looks like. If we don't love each other, how are we going to go out into the world and and love those that do not know who Jesus is? We need each other to stay disciplined, to keep moving forward because we all know that in this world, it is not a walk in the park to follow Jesus. Following Jesus is difficult. Reflecting the same love that God gives us does not just happen by chance. In these three sections of scripture that we read for this morning, John mentions the ways of Jesus compared to the ways of the world. He mentions light and dark, he mentions life and death, he mentions love and hate. If a person just reads these words, it's, it's pretty simple to assume that God is all about light and life and love. Loving Jesus brings new life out of death. Loving Jesus leads to more love for him and less hatred for other people. But the problem is that sin is still around. Even if you're a follower of Jesus, sin is still present in our lives. As a result of that, in a moment, you can go from being in the light to being in the dark. In a moment, you can go from feeling the new excitement for life. God has washed you of your sins. You are so thankful for that. But yet, in an instant, you can go from feeling like you're in Darkness, and that's leading to destruction and death. Two totally different experiences can happen within uh, the life of a believer within minutes. And we all know how much it's easier to hate, to speak poorly about others, to look down upon other people rather than choosing to love like Jesus. So what gives? John knows the inner battle that believers deal with every single day. The battle of wanting to pursue Jesus, yet falling short all the time. And that battle can seem exhausting and never-ending when fighting that battle alone. Notice how many times throughout these passages, John's telling the church to love each other just as Christ loves us. He mentions the terms we and us, referring to the church, God's people, And this love that is mentioned, of course, it's not just for the church, but there is a time where the church needs to love each other. We'll get to loving the world in just a moment. When we live together, united in love, following Jesus, the storms that come stand no chance. We're not meant to pursue faith just as individuals. So John says, act like family. That is the only way. To give you a personal example of of strength in numbers, I know that my faith is strength and my faith is encouraged through interacting with other believers in Jesus. I I see, especially with you all at, at Fifth Church, examples of Christ's love all the time. And when I see that, I'm encouraged in my own faith journey. I feel like I have strength to go out into the world and that God is with me. And I know that if something were to happen to me or my family, the church would be there. And I know that if darkness loomed over in my life, if I was struggling with something or something happened to me, the church would shine a light in the midst of that darkness and my time in the darkness would be less because of that. So that is the blessing of a church family, the blessing of living with other believers, constantly connected, picking each other up, encouraging one another. If you find yourself in this season pursuing faith alone, know that you have a family here. You're welcome in this place. You're not alone. God is with you and we are with you. And also know that wandering away from the pack of other believers is a vulnerable state. And don't take that lightly. And darkness is still in this world, but when you are connected with the body of Christ, that darkness is, hides you don't you don't sense that darkness as much as before so are you giving and receiving the love of Jesus within the body of believers in this season if not now is a really good time to start lastly although this command to love each other is mostly for the church at the time and for us today to love each other within the church That's not where the love of God ends. The love of God goes beyond cultural barriers. It goes beyond belief system, beyond theological differences. The love of God does not stop based on conditions. God chose the nation of Israel. He chose a a particular group of people so that they could be a blessing to the world, so that the love of God could be seen through them. God today chooses the church, not because... He doesn't love all people, but because he wants his love shown through the church, through people. We are a blessing through receiving God's love and giving that love to other people, all people. And the type of love that John talks about is is called agape love. The word love is mentioned, like I said earlier, over 10 times in this passage. Every single time, the root word of that The word love is agape, unconditional love. On the flip side, the world does not love the way that God loves. The world loves based on conditions. The world loves for a limited time frame. The world loves based on selfish desires. Is this person going to benefit me if I love them well? It's a selfish kind of love. God has loved you and me since the beginning of the world and his love for all people will continue throughout eternity. And somehow we have, the, we have a gift. We as God's followers have the ability to spread his love. Somehow this unconditional type of love and God gives us the authority to do that. And in order to do that well, to spread his love within the church and within the world, we have to ask the Holy Spirit to lead us in doing that. In thinking about loving others, these are a few questions that, that I think about. As I'm engaging with people, whether uh, it's people within the church or outside of the church, I, I think about these three questions. I think about, is this person a follower of Jesus? Does this person need grace right now? And does this person need truth right now? Let me explain a little bit. Loving somebody is, is based off of their context, So think about Jesus for a moment. Jesus, many times, was challenging against the Pharisees. Pharisees were the religious elite. Pharisees were the ones that laid the hammer down on those that did not follow the law. And they were prideful because of that. So they're a religious group, yet Jesus challenged them all the time. And he was loving them in doing that. Another example, many of us have heard the story of the woman caught in adultery. And at the time, um, there was a law in place that you could stone a woman caught in adultery to death. And so people gathered around, and this woman was in front of all of them. They were holding stones, and Jesus shows this woman unbelievable grace at that time. He, He gets out from the crowd, stands next to her, forgives her of her sins, and levels the playing field, saying, you are all sinful. You have no right to throw a stone at this woman because you have sin within your own life. And there's also a little bit of truth told to this woman. He says, go and leave your life of sin. So at that time, there was mostly grace to her and and not as much truth. That is what she needed. That was love shown to her at that time. Another example, Peter was one of uh, Jesus' disciples. He was part of the inner circle, this group of three disciples that knew Jesus well. And there was a moment in time where Jesus gave Peter a name. He said, I'm gonna call you Little Rock and upon this rock I will build my church. Unbelievable grace given to him. A, a sinful human being, you're gonna help lead the early church. After that, a whole lot of truth was told to him because right after that he said, Peter, get behind me, Satan. Because Peter did not believe that Jesus had to die in order to forgive sins. So all those are examples of Jesus showing love dependent on the person in front of him, dependent on what that person needs. And in order for us to do the same thing, we have to ask God to guide us in doing this. I have found these questions to be incredibly helpful. It's been really good for me to think about these things when I'm engaging with somebody. And of course, we can't always tell if somebody's a, a believer in Jesus, we can gently assess that situation. But something that's not helpful is, is talking as a Christian to a non-Christian and saying a judgmental statement about what the Bible says. For one, one person, a non-Christian, the Bible is not authoritative, Jesus is not Lord, so being obedient to that law found in scripture doesn't quite make sense. And so that changes our our perspective. It changes our conversation when when engaging with people. Loving, Loving people well takes guidance from the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit will give us the words to say and give us a direction to go in conversations. As we leave this place, we have a clear call from John, a disciple of Jesus, to love one another as a response to the love God showed us ultimately through sending his son Jesus here in this world to die for us. And we don't do this. We don't follow him out of obligation but because we are grateful for his love and we are grateful for the free gift of salvation that he gives us. In this world, there's definitely darkness. There's hate. There's destruction. All those lead to death. Yet when we are strong as a church, Together we are standing on the rock and the rock won't move when the storms come. And also know that people are watching. People are recognizing that we are followers of Jesus. They notice how we love each other. They notice how we love the world. And my prayer is that as people are watching, that we can love like Jesus and that light will shine and that light will point others directly to Jesus. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Would you pray with me? God, we pray that you give us the ability to love like you, that you uh, help us believe in you. uh, And we ask that you get rid of any doubt that we have. We, We ask that we can tap into the authority that you give us to love like you love and not like the world. And we thank you for the gifts that you give us and ultimately in salvation that we get to spend eternity with you. Lord, we pray all these things in your name, amen.